I'm Danielle, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 1.5 of the Flash Podcast, the summer season of this podcast that covers CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Annie B, and with me is, first of all, one of our Flash Podcast crew members, Adam Holmes. Hey, everybody. Hello. And with us this week is a very special guest. Uh, She is, well, you know, she's... Pretty much everywhere on the internet, she is a writer of IGN, StarWars.com, Nerdist, as well as, well as many other places. And she is the lovely and geeky Amy Radcliffe. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. I've been dying to have you on for a good for a good time now. So, and uh, uh, as we're kicking off our, you know, we're going to do our character reviews now throughout um, the summer, and we're going to review, you know, each character of season one. Um, week after week and i thought you know what what other what better way to kick it off with you know one of the best characters on the whole show cisco ramon and uh so but before we get to that um adam we do have some news about the flash season season one blu-ray and dvd release so what can um you know tell people why they should go ahead and go and pre-order on amazon and all these other places yeah, so The Flash, the complete first season, is going to be available on Blu-ray and DVD September 22nd of this year. Of course, it will include all the episodes that aired during Season 1. And some of the bonus features that are listed are um, include The Fastest Man... These are all like little mini-documentaries, but like The Fastest Man Alive, Creating the Blur, The Chemistry of Emily and Grant Screen Test, Behind the Story, The Trickster Returns, There'll be some footage from uh, DC Comics Night from last year's San Diego Comic-Con, which featured The Flash, Gotham, Constantine, and Arrow. And of course, like most of these collections, there will also be audio commentary, deleted scenes, and a gag reel. I'm dying for the gag reel like crazy. (laughs) That seems like it would be a fun set to be on. Um... What was uh, I'm also looking forward to the Fast Man Alive because I have an idea that it might actually be covering also not just Grant Gustin's Flash TV show, but it might also cover John with the Ship's Flash TV show. You know what? Yeah, I could definitely see that because it'd be kind of cool to compare the special and visual effects that they used in 1990 and then now. Yeah, so no, you definitely go ahead and you know head over to Amazon and pre-order your Blu-ray or DVD uh, set and uh, and get ready for it because I'm yeah I know what I I know what I did last week when it when it came out. Um, Amy, is there anything you're particularly looking forward to from this um, this set? Gag reel for sure. I love those <laughs> and that crew. Like I I expect there because of their singing talents, you know, with with Jesse Martin and Ed Kosnitz that there will be singing. Oh, I, I, 
that you know there needs to be like a flair of the musical like you know there's so because Arrow has John Barrowman as you know as a singer I I think that's the only one right now I, I may there might be more singers on Arrow but you know Flash has you know says you know Carlos Valdez Grant Gustin Jesse L Martin oh Jesse L Martin's singing voice is God, look up seasons of love on YouTube uh, Jesse L Martin and you will die of geek geekiness because of how well he sings he is and now supergirl has you know like i think like 80 percent of that cast is just singer you know is you know singers you know broadway stars and stuff like that so it's they're neat we need more musicals like from superheroes i think <laughs> i am on board and i just realized i called rick cosnet ed cosnet so i'm like no oh. eddie eddie is his name on the show yeah, no, they, they look they look so much alike, you know, the blonde hair, that those uh, golden beautiful eyes. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, it's I get distracted by his by his look sometimes. I I hope I'm sure people will understand. Um, but uh, but before we get to our our spotlight, uh, I thought you know we just chatted with you a little bit, for Amy, uh, about uh, um, a little bit about yourself and so on, what you felt about uh, the Flash over its first season and all that. I loved the flash so so much i am a fan of you know i know that that dark and gritty superhero stories have their place but that's never my first choice when i look at a superhero story in fact that's sometimes it's a turnoff like you say dark and gritty i'm like yeah i'm out uh but i i enjoyed arrow but seeing the flash and having this wonderful sense of glee and joy about it mixed in with the, there are absolutely darker things that happen. I mean, the whole premise of the first season is him looking for the person who killed his mom, but just that lighthearted step. And that's a little more comic booky. And the fact that they can have characters like captain, Oh, captain cold, Whitmore Miller's captain cold. I just love so, so much. Yes. Because he's so over the top, and every sentence he says, I'm like, oh. So I have, I really liked the first season of The Flash. I um, one thing that because I know you're a huge Star Wars fan, like every time because that this show, you know, they, they don't hold back on like pop culture references, and it's like I think it's like within the second or third episode. I definitely know that by episode four when Captain Cold is introduced, there's you know like. There's Star Wars stuff in there, but like every time there's like a Star Wars little reference or a T-shirt, oh the T-shirts, uh, Cisco, and all these other um, stuff. Like, do you geek out at the same time because you're kind of getting the best of both worlds in one? Oh, absolutely. That time that Cisco, oh, I guess it was his first day at Star Labs when he wore the like keep calm like Han shot first or some variation on that. I was like, oh, this show's the best. Uh, now, how it went? The episode when it, when um. It, they were tra- I think they were tra- playing Trivia Pursuit, and Eddie didn't know the name of Han's ship. Like he just like guessed it. Did, did you know? Did that set off like because as a you know as a minor Star Wars fan that I am, even I was like you know come on, everyone knows the name of the Millennium Falcon. Like Eddie, what's like you know were you dropped as a kid or you know did you not get to watch <laughs> Star Wars? Because then you know you turn to the to the other corner and there is you know four Star Wars cosplayers and they got the answer correct uh, of course they would but like was that was that just things like that also funny to see oh absolutely because of all the people who maybe would not know that it would be Eddie I could see him just not not being tuned into that yeah no but it, it, and then you know and I think of course the biggest you know Star Wars present that season was definitely you know one Mr. Mark Hamill like and him finally getting to 
do his, you know, I am your father, you know, with that, with other trickster that that must have been something. That was wonderful. And I was lucky enough. I was in Los Angeles at the right time. And my editor at IGN was busy. So I got to watch that on the lot with like about 12 journalists and Mark and Mark Hamill. Um, and he talked about that afterward. And at first, I guess he didn't say that line. I forget. I think he might have said, I'm your dad or daddy or something like that. And they changed it. Mark wasn't sure if it would work, but we all cracked up. Um, so I was, I, I had some pretty fangirl uh, feelings that day. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, meeting Mark Hamill. Yeah, that, that's, that's no biggie. You know, we all meet Mark no. Hamill all the time. It's like, oh, that was a good day. Yeah. No, I, I can tell. I get it's, uh, it's, it's like a lot of fun. Like one of my friends was there and I was like, yeah, I'm not jealous. You know, yeah, yes, keep on bringing it up. I'm not jealous, and then I'm just crying. I'm like, you know, stop <laughs> talking about it. I, I wanted to be there, but, um, but yeah, no, but I, I, I agree with you said that you know it's so great that you know even though we're in an age right now where there's a lot of gritty and dark superhero shows and films, you know, some of them, they can they, they nail it, but some of them can kind of go over the board which you know i think air season three did this year and but hopefully they won't do it next season because i want a more brighter green arrow and you know i think i think that's what everyone wants right now but i agree that you know that we have shows like the flash where we can just you know yes it's you know the premise of him you know looking for you know his mom's murderer you know that's you know that's a dark thing in itself but still you all the you know throughout 23 episodes you have all of the the bright spots and all the fun uh, funness of it, and you know you have characters like Cisco and, uh, and Barry and Caitlin and all those people just having, it's it's the ideal superhero show. And I hope hopefully you know next year you know we won't have because right now we have Gotham Arrow, two dark comic book shows. We have The Flash, uh, one bright comic book show. At least you know DC White, but you know this fall we will have you know Supergirl and then hopefully more shows next year that will be just as you know, just as bright and positive, but also having some, you know, what's which I say, like you know, gritty spots, if you know what I mean. But that's just too much. Exactly. We want we want balance in the force. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. That was pretty. That was pretty, that was pretty good. But uh, but let's let's uh, let's d- jump into uh, reviewing the the character of Cisco Ramon on season one of The Flash, and and also to our listeners at home, if you haven't watch this first season first of all what the hell secondly the go catch up and then you can come back because there's going to be ton of spoilers and you know with cisco there's been some big events so you don't want to be you don't want us to spoil for you you want to see it yourself and you want to cry and laugh with it and mostly cry because tv is not nice that way uh so um but let's talk about carlos valid in a role you know he carlos was you know a broadway theater kid and i think this is like his first tv show so so amy like what do you think of this this actor for this role at from you know like from the from the start from the start to finish of this season you know i think we really saw cisco i I don't know how much he did develop absolutely and, and went through some hard things especially in regards to dr wells and i think carlos brought such an earnestness to the role and he was always like I like having him as the character, Cisco as the character that's the one who kind of is like winking at the audience a little and, and naming all these heroes. And I think Carlos delivered all that humor and all Cisco's like just like super excitedness about being around these meta humans. I think he did a fantastic job with that. 
And uh, also, if I may ask, like, were you familiar with C- Cisco Ramon, the comic version of him, like before watching the show? Like, you know, did did any of the the vibe Easter eggs like feel like, oh, what what's this? No, I was not familiar with the character at all. So that was all. Like reading back, I was reading back about him last night and like all the mentions, like all the times he said vibrations, like and all these little hints, like and friends would bring it up to me. I have a friend I always text with during the flash who knows DC comics a lot better than I do and would text me about all these little Easter eggs. Um, So I like that they work that stuff in and where they're going, where I hope they're going. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's well. Uh, they're they're definitely going something with a good vibe next season, I think, with this character. <laughs> so um, I, I'm awful. I'm like flash puns, but uh, but uh, but Adam, what did you think of um, of uh, you know Carlos in the role of Cisco from you know from the start to finish? Yeah, I thought uh, Carlos did an amazing job. Aside from I think the character appearing occasionally on Justice League Unlimited, I wasn't familiar with Vibe before the Flash started. So it was good to to see Carlos Fadas kind of make his own mark on the character, and of course we all know it's leading to something greater. But I, it's like what Amy touched upon. I like that he sort of served as the audience representative within the show in the fact that if any of us were around the Flash, of course we would also geek out and we would also try to name the villains, and we would just we would just love being around a person who can run at super speed and being able to help him out. So. Yeah, I like that role that he played. I thought he served, he provided a lot of lighthearted moments within the series. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do next with him because he's one of the show's best characters. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I um, And I hadn't seen Carlos in anything. I hadn't see, seen him in, um, I believe, the play he was doing before this was once. Um, which, funny enough, with Arthur Darville, who's now going to be on DC Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, are you a big a Doctor Who fan, Amy? Yes, I am. So, so, so that th- must be pretty excited that uh, Arthur yeah. will be in this universe too. So hopefully, hopefully, those two, you know, him and Carlos will get to interact with each other again. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe they didn't even interact at, even at once throughout the whole play, but who knows? But uh, no, I think Carlos just. He represents us so well, all those fanboys and fangirls, because, you know, there's, you know, as professional as someone could, someone may be, if you're standing next to a guy who can literally run faster than the speed of light, and, you know, he can vibrate through, through objects, and he can, you know, he can do all these things, there's no way you're not going to crack a smile and just be like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever. It's, you know, like, hey, I, you know, take, take someone as, let's... Let me think of a professional person. Like, let's say, let's say President Obama would stand in front of the fly. Of course, he would geek out. Like, no one, there's no one that would not geek out in front of someone like the fly. So I kind of like that we have uh, that. And I do think that this show, what this show does so well is that there's a character that you know that you can view through their eyes all the time. It's not just you know just Barry's eyes. You know, some for some people they're they're watching the show through Cisco's eyes. Some people are watching from Caitlin's eyes, and someone. Some people are watching from Iris' eyes and so on, and I like that you know Cisco is one of those people, and uh, and and you know for me you know as uh, I think one of the things that I remember was being pointed out a lot at when the whole casting process of the Flash was going on was that this show is very heavy on ethnicity and diversity and so on. And to me, who is you know I'm brown skin, you know I, I'm uh, I'm not Hispanic per se, but you know I am you know I have. 
I can relate to someone like Cisco. So I kind of like that not only does the fanboys and the fangles get represented through Cisco, but people like they're from, you know, other countries or, you know, they have uh, other backgrounds can kind of also be represented through Cisco. You know, there's the episode where we meet his family and they're talking in Spanish and all that. And I think that's that's just so great to have that you're you're getting all these things in this one character. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's tremendous for, I mean, diversity. That's a continuing struggle to get representation, equal and fair representation on television, especially in genre shows. So I think that The Flash made really strong, positive strides in that direction. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I wanted wanted to touch a little upon uh, favorite moments of Cisco because, like, even though I don't have a list in front of me right now, there's you know I can I just feel like that there's always there's always something great that he does in every episode that will just crack you up and is they they write him re- really brilliantly. They really write him as. So you know, the, you know, because his wit doesn't, be, you know, it doesn't cross the line. It's always like it's very balanced, but and it's it's just just enough. So, Amy, do you have any favorite moments of Cisco from from this first season? Oh, I have, like you said, it's so many. He's he is my favorite character on the Flash. So it's hard to pin down one, but I did especially love, and actually, it might have been an Arrow crossover episode when he met Black Canary. For the first time, or when she told him, when Laurel told him who she was, and he just that grin on his face was the best thing. Oh yeah, it was. I just remember when we saw the Paley Fest trailer for that, and he just and she says, you know, Barry is the Flash, and Oliver is the Arrow, and I'm the Black Canary, and he's like, I love you, and I'm yes. like, I'm like, I yes, yes. Which is an appropriate reaction if somebody told you that. I mean, come on. Yeah, I kind of, that was perfect. <laughs> it was. Um, any other moments that you can that you can think of, like um, uh, from because the, the reason I picked, I wrote in favorite moments because I knew that there's no way we can just pick one. You know, it's a heartbreaking moment, but the when Wells essentially killed him, that was just because it was so well performed. I didn't like it from a character perspective, but. Carlos Valdez like ripped my heart out in that scene. And it was such a powerful moment for Cisco, the character as well, even though it was brutal to watch. That was probably, I think one of his best scenes of the season. Um, Yeah, no, definitely. I remember, I remember, I think that there were parts of that scene that was not scripted. Actually. I think that him crying in front of Harrison, you know, where he's like, Telling him, you know, you know, I, I had to, you know, I had to, you know, you were the one I had to keep all this secret from the most because you're so smart and you're like, you're, but you're not that smart. And, you know, I, you know, there's no way I can let you go away. And, you know, he's like, but, you know, I can help you. I can, you know, and he's like, oh, that, that, that poor boy and his big heart. He... I know. Oh. <sighs> okay. Wait, so... bring it down, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Adam, while I go and bring us some tissues, um, uh, what what were some of your favorite moments of Cisco? Well, like with Amy, I really enjoyed when he got to geek out over Black Canary because up he's the first one. To, he, I, basically, he's the first one to really look at her as kind of a superhero because you know on Arrow they're not at first they weren't really too keen on her putting on the mask and outfit. But yeah, that was a really great moment. I also also any moments involving him interacting with the Arrow cast, whether it was um, 
on the arrow half of the December crossover when he was at he was actually at the arrow cave and tried to snap a picture, but Caitlin stopped him. Um, <laughs> or funny. later in the season when he got to <laughs> geek out with uh, Ray Palmer when they were trying to take down Bug Eyed Bandit. You could tell those two were just getting along so well. Uh, I also did like the uh, I don't remember the episode number, but the one where Pied Piper was introduced, and we got to see those flashbacks of how Cisco got started at star labs because you knew he had a close relationship with dr wells but this sort of explained how he got there how uh, dr wells took a chance on him and then you know later in the season when he just eventually discovers that betrayal it just it made it all all the more it's just sort of emotionally gut-wrenching i remember not when you brought up the, the bug eyed bandit episode i remember his you know Cisco isn't really afraid of that many things, but B is one of them, and I just remember like him going, "You all, I don't do bees. Ain't nobody got time for bees." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I just found that gift by the way on my computer. I'm like, that's one of the greatest, but because yeah, screw bees. I don't, I, I just feel like yes, he's he's representing me so well because that is just, it. I hate, I, I despise all things insects and spiders. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you tell them. What you know when people say you know when I see people they're saying yeah oh he's so bees are so adorable oh look at that tarantula I'm like no are you effing kidding me <laughs> it's not <laughs> uh, let's see my favorite moments I I do love uh, you know I know it's, it's a little bit of a sheet but you know but it is a, you know it is part flare flash part, part arrow but it was. Anything that he did in the Flash Arrow crossover, like he, the reason they went to Star Lab, they lied. I think they lied to Harrison Wells just to be, so they could get over to, to Starring City and be like, "But I want to see the Arrow Cave." Yes. And Felicity's just like, "No, we don't call it that." And you know, I'm thinking, you know, girl, you're always calling that the Arrow Cave in your mind. And he's like, "But I want to see the toys." And he, like, the minute he gets into the cave, the, you know. If there's any flaw to Cisco, it is that he he knows no boundaries because he's like, well, I should I will upgrade this and you know and you know we should do you know you should go with these type of arrows and you know and it's like and just seeing Oliver's reaction like no no it's like why are you touching my face <laughs> yeah like Felicity is like what what have you what have you unleashed upon us and it's it's like. Imagine if he had a kid for real, and like he, if Oliver had a kid, well, he has a kid, but like, let's say Oliver was a parent right now, and he had a kid just walking around in the air, and just doing all the things that Cisco would do. Yeah, I would like to see a patience level on that, on that, on that man's face, but no, but it was just, Cisco brings out like the best of everyone, I think. I feel like there's also that great scene in, in the van between him, Diggle, and Roy, when he kind of like brings up, you know, what it's like to, you know, like you know, they ha don't you guys think this is cool if we're getting to kind of save the world and whatever? It's like kind of because these people on air, they're all it's it's life and death for them. Like you know, they're it, you know the city is always you know just being you know threatened and whatever. You know, just you know the average normal thing, and uh, and he can, but you know Cisco can kind of like bring back the fun a little bit of like. You guys get to save the world. You get to put on costumes. You get to fight bad guys and kick their their asses. And it's so it's it's kind of like he's always that light in the darkness. So like you know, whenever you're having a bad time, you know, Cisco will always bring up you know. Well, on the positive side, there's this. Um, it's the shining I, light. He's the, oh, he is. <laughs> uh, he's uh, 
Uh, I also like what you guys brought up, like when he geeked, about, geeked out about Black Canary, because you know, and I've you know, people have heard me on the show before say that I've had my my issues with Arrow this season. One one thing being particular, that all the men on that show are just they treat Laurel like crap all the time, and it, it was in the, this season I just had enough with it. So like to get an episode where someone in this whole universe would actually appreciate Laurel and just be like. You're, you're you're you mean so much to me. You know you're you you're you're empowering to me. You're 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 awesome. You're kicking bad guys' asses all the time, and so yeah, that to me that just felt like because someone had posted like um like a side by you know like you know a, like a, a still shot from all the men's of the of Arrow giving Laurel an insult all the time and her reaction. But then there's one shot of Cisco saying, I love you. I love the way you k- kick people's Aww. asses. And Laurel gives that big smile. I'm like, I'm like, Arrow, how, how about you try and say something? You know, like, you know, it, Cisco is the man. You, all of you other guys on Arrow, give me your man cards. You don't know how to treat a woman with respect. You know, that's how you treat a woman. You know, you, you, you don't bash her. You you embrace how great she is. And Laurel is. You know, she's one of my favorite. You know. You know what? When when Cisco becomes a superhero, I say the next spin-off show should be Vibe and Black Canary. Canary Vibe hashtag. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. Done. Uh, that would be a best duo. I I do like what you brought up though, Amy. Like even though it was heartbreaking, I do think that death scene was just so. It was so well done. I feel like you know even you know yes, would I prefer if we did not see him get his like heart yes. vibrated to death <laughs> yes i would love to just avoid that but i feel like as just a moment of television i think that was just it was written well it was acted well and it was directed well and all that and i think that i do one thing i've noted and i don't know what you guys feel about this but i kind of like that they're adding a lot of theater actors now like you know both to era and the flash and supergirl and letter tomorrow and so on you know i do think that they do bring in something differently that people that has like you know and this is not to disrespect them but like, you know actors that have only been on television or in films and whatnot i think theater actors kind of gets to bring something a little bit special i think someone like carlos kind of gets to do that do you do you agree or do you see what i mean yeah, yeah, no, I definitely get what you mean. Yeah, I can see them just bringing in, they have a different different experiences and different, you know, the, uh, you have to convey, I think, emotion so much differently on the stage than you do, or, you know, somewhat differently, at least, than yeah, you do on camera. Than recorded. Yeah, so I think that makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I wanted to talk about Cisco as a team member. You know, he is the tech guy of the, of the group, and, you know, he... Like every episode, he's like, you know, he he could open up, he can literally open up his own toy store, basically, and just make these all these great toys for kids. But he's, you know, he is he's so resourceful for the team. And I was just thinking, how do you how do you look, you know, because we've talked now a lot about Cisco as an individual character, and I'm like just thinking about how do you look at him as like a team member of uh, Team Flash. Well. You know, from what I, what little I know about Vibe in the comics, he's a smart guy, but you've never really seen him as sort of like a tech expert. So that's why, you know, when they announced him as a main character on The Flash, it's good to see him in this capacity because every member of Team Flash, you know, has a talent, has their usefulness. You know, Barry, of course, is the superhero. Wells, for most of season one, was the mentor. <laughs> uh, Caitlin Snow, of course, is the biology expert, and, you know, she... When Barry gets injured, she helps treat him. And then, yeah, Cisco is the tech guy. He builds, you know, as he says, he builds the toys. He builds all the cool gadgets. 
that help them stop the bad guys. And, you know, occasionally it can backfire. <clears throat> Cold gun. Uh, but Well, it didn't most... really backfire. It still worked. It was just that a bad guy got a hold of it. True, but he also didn't right. tell Wells that he built it. But that's beside the point. Uh, regardless, though, yeah, he, of course, it's great to see him being the guy that helps the team in such a unique way. And, um, obvi- and uh, yeah, yeah, obviously, of course, next season we're going to see him doing more of that but uh it's, it's just really cool to see him being the guy you know supplying the gadgets that you know super speed can only do so much sometimes you need a little science yeah i like that that he does bring that into it but that is very much a part of this of the show um i something that i was thinking about about this character a lot when they were casting him and i was thinking a lot about fits from aided of shield like you know because i i could almost tell that caitlin and cisco were kind of you know they they are essentially the fifth segments of the show, but I think they may have. And I love Age of Shield. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but I do think that the dynamic of you know because I was a little bit concerned in in advance that I was almost thinking that well, are these two characters are are they not going to work as standalone characters? Uh, you know, are they only going to work as you know um, as a, as a duo all the time? But after this season, we definitely know they do work as their own individual character. But it's um, I mean, maybe I don't know. I you know because I do you know when I think of Cisco I do think sometimes of uh, of Fitz from Shield and uh, and you know because they're both you know they're both this they both have the same role basically but I think that Cisco is able to be more independent from Caitlyn than Fitz is from Sim all of the, after season two of Shield I think they definitely now like able to be separate um, also because Simmons is you know <laughs> spoiler alert, she's <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a, little bit, a little bit trapped, uh, to say the least. Uh, but like, did you ever guys think, like, do you, do you guys see the comparisons between, um, maybe let's start with you, Amy. Do you see this, the comparison between Fitz and Cisco in a way? Kind of, but their personalities, I mean, they, they serve similar roles, but their personalities are so different that I didn't, I didn't think about them in the same, I guess, uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to get at, but I don't I don't compare them a lot. I guess in my head they don't remind me of each other. Yeah, and you know, hope you know. Luckily, you know, Cisco wasn't dropped into you know it wasn't trapped in a box and dropped into the ocean like Fitz was. So his you know, so he you know because Fitz ah oh, the 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 um, the head the um, the brain injuries that Fitz had to deal with this season was. Oh, that was uh that was some compelling television. So uh, hopefully hopefully not as his you know. Not that Cisco knows that he has powers because Harrison just decided to drop that little bomb on his on his lap and be like, "Oh yeah, you have powers. You can you can do these <laughs> yeah. things." I didn't just thought like, like you should know in case you missed it. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> you you can do these amazing things, and you're on you're you're on a set of this great adventure or whatever he said. But um, but but let's talk a little bit about the abilities because you know it's definitely something that a lot of Cisco Ramon vibe fans from the comics are like looking forward to see more of but on this show he has the ability to detect and remember alternate timelines so um adam i i, I know you did some brushing up on uh, on the on the on the on the powers from the comics before today so uh, like how you know how should how do you think it's going to be done through um through through the, you know this upcoming season like you know how how's how similar is it right now to what we have seen in the comics. Yeah, well, they're definitely taking influence from the New 52, because pre-New 52, 
you know, Vive's powers are basically just, you know, creating sonic waves, which, you know, is powerful, but that's basically all it, all it was. Whereas in the New 52, they, how do I put this? They tied his powers sort of into interdimensional physics. So in the New 52, in addition to, you know, creating these seismic or vibrational waves, Vibe is also able to detect people from parallel worlds, parallel universes. Um, and of course, and also they, they also mentioned that his vibrational powers are able to disrupt the speed force, which means that he is one of the few people that's actually capable of stopping the Flash. So the fact that he's remem- able to remember alternate timelines sort of goes along this new fifty-two, his, the new fifty-two version of his powers. Um, you know when they, when they showed him first remembering the alternate timeline, I didn't really think of it. Think of it first. I think it was. It was in episode 16, you know, with Captain Cold and Heatwave. I think that was the first mention of him having those dreams. And I was like, okay, sure. And then the next episode, he had those dreams again. I'm thinking, oh, wait, are they teasing the vibe powers? Which, you know, as we know from the season finale, they were. So, yeah, you know, they're definitely, they've only just barely touched on what he's capable of doing. And I think in season two is when we're really going to see them expand on what he's capable of. Because he's more, he's capable of more than just remembering what happened in some other timeline. He, he's powerful. Uh, Amy, I know you said that you weren't like familiar with them from the console, but I know that you, you said your friend that you were texting me all, all the time on the about the Flash, kind of like kind of informed you a little bit about um, the version of the comics and so so on. So like, how, what is your view on as someone that has and that has no connection to the comic version, so on, seeing that the TV version is now getting his power slowly introduced? It's exciting, and I like that they're doing it slowly because I like the build up, and it's kind of better than him. I it works sometimes, but I, I prefer this over him just waking up one morning with powers. So I like that they're dropping these hints along the way because I know after after learning about kind of where he was headed, like you think back and you're like, oh, he worked on Laurel's Canary Cry Choker. Like that works. That works with vibrations. He and that kind of stuff comes up throughout the first season. If you look back now and knowing what I know now when I go back and rewatch season one of the flash, like I want to keep an extra eye, like on those things to see, to see the clues, you know, that, that they plot, they plant along the way. But I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing that side of Cisco and how he handles it and what kind of, he's going to be like, what kind of, I feel like at first he's going to be so excited as he, as he develops abilities and that he'll go through. I don't. I. I feel like there'll be like an exist an existential crisis where he's scared of you know scared of using them, scared of hurting people. But I don't know. I think there's oh, there's so much to look forward to. Yeah. No. I think you hit it right on the spot that he's probably like at first he's gonna geek out about it as crazy. He's gonna be like sitting up at night, you know, doing all these designs like okay, what costume should I wear? You know, like I I have this these I have th- <laughs> I have these sets. I have these. I have these. I'm. I do. I think it would be adorable if Laurel actually gets to name him Vibe, and he's like, "Why did I think of that?" <laughs> um, no, just because I, yeah. I just, yeah, because just because he named them her rep, her weapon, the Canary Cry, and I feel like, I don't know it's, I just want another excuse to have Katie Cassidy and Carl Val in the same scene together. Just you know, you know, whatever. You know, they were great together, so it would it would be kind of poetic in a way, but. Um, 
Uh, I, I I would definitely recommend it to you know all to our listeners. But Amy, if you want to check out more about his powers in the comics, I you know because he he Cisco had a comic run for in the fifty two for ten issues by Andrew Kreisberg and Jeff Johns, and then the, the late you know the the remaining issues was done by Sterling Gates, a fantastic also a fantastic DC writer. Uh, I would I would go pick up the the trade paperback, just League of America's vibe. Uh, which okay. is, yeah, it's it gives you great intel on how he gets his powers and how it's deeply connected to how you know because there's something big in his family that goes on and uh, you know his brother Dante that we saw this season he's also from the comics and uh, you know there's uh, there's supposed to be a third brother Armando and uh, I'm not gonna spoil you on that but it's it's a great book I think that you would really enjoy and I I feel that that's I think that's where they did take some great inspiration from from Cisco when adapting it to the television show. Oh, excellent. I'll have to look it up. Awesome. Um, now let's talk fashion, Cisco's t-shirts, uh, because I, you know, I, you know, when I was uh, prepping this episode, I, for some reason, forgot to add that. So like when I asked, you know, both, both our fellow panelists here, what they, if there was anything else they want to add, you know, Amy brought up the t-shirts. I'm like, oh my God, how can I forget the t-shirts? There's so many things we can talk about those t-shirts. So, um, Amy, what are your top three favorite uh, Cisco T-shirts? Uh, I have uh, I have a link from worn on TV, so I, I can send you if you just need a reminder of what he what he has worn. They they stick out in my head. I obsess over his T-shirts. <laughs> I think it's it's so fun for a couple of reasons that he wears those in a lead. He doesn't care about a dress code, and not that Doctor Wells does either. But I, I like that he wears his T-shirts like wherever. He's like I don't care, and it's a marker of his personality I think that he's just I just feel like he really embraces life and has fun so I loved when he wore the cat bug t-shirt from Bravest Warriors like I remember seeing that I'm like wait a minute wait a minute is Cisco wearing cat bug right now <laughs> I love him so much more I thought that was fantastic I also really liked he wore uh, it's called the NAR Wars. You can get a lot of these t-shirts on threadless.com, by the way. And it's a narwhals with lightsabers for their horns fighting. So <laughs> it's the best shirt ever, basically. And I also really liked he wore one that is like a picture of the galaxy, um, the Milky Way, I believe. It has like a little red pointer arrow that says like you are here, like you're looking at it on Google Maps or something. <laughs> and I really like that one too. That is, I I, I forgot about the last one. Uh, uh, and Adam, what did you? What were, what were your some, some of your favorite uh, Cisco T-shirts? Uh, I really liked the, the Mario ones that he wore. I think one of them was kind of looking at Super Mario Bros. Their TV screen, of course, Mario is hitting one of the question blocks. Uh, he also had a piranha plant one. Uh, there was a really cool one, and I, I think it was just something that looked cool, not really a reference to anything, but uh, it was a purple shirt with all these cool-looking old-school TV screens that were either static or had the color bars. That was really cool. And then there was one, and I can't remember which episode this was in, but there was one where it's, it said, this is my spot. Now, I'm not sure if this is a, a direct reference to the Big Bang Theory, but if it is, that'd be kind of funny because in the season finale of, this, of The Big Bang Theory for May, Sheldon mentioned wanting to start watching The Flash. So oh. it's kind of paradoxical <laughs> if Cisco is making a reference to The Big Bang Theory and then The Big Bang Theory is mentioning The Flash. It's like, 
How does that work? Yeah, I do. There's, uh, there. I know. I think there was like some interview. I think when uh, when uh, one of the producers of Air, I think they mentioned that they were having some fun with the Big Bang writers, and um, although I still question Sheldon for saying that, you know, that he that he hadn't watched a Flash TV show up because it was. I think it was literally the season finale of Big Bang where he's like. Um, you know, Amy's try. You know, um, his girlfriend Amy Fairfowler, who's amazing. She was trying to have an intimate moment with him, and he's like, "Do you think I should start watching the Flash TV show?" And like, two things went off with me. One, I'm like, "That's great, a great question." But secondly, you're Sheldon Cooper. Why haven't you been watching it since <laughs> October? <laughs> like, you should be. You should have already been there. Yeah, it's like you know, like I, I was literally CW. Someone send that man a screener or something because he needs to. How did he not watch already? So it was yeah. I think that was so great. Um, yeah, the, the um, this is my spot is what's my, one of my favorite shirts too. Because I'm like, but wait a minute, I that kind of looks like Sheldon's. <gasps> it is. That is amazing. I I also like the event adventure time T-shirt that he had, and. Um, then there, there was a let's see. I don't remember what I don't remember what the name was, but it was like I think it said "Drop It" or something on that. And I know what the reference. Is. Some that you know, some of these shirts that I see, I, I don't get all the, I don't get all the geek references. I just think they look pretty good together. Um, oh, I also like uh, his um, rock paper scissors lizard Spock T-shirt. Because I'm like, oh, that's right. Because I'm like, you know, where have I seen this before? <laughs> uh, oh right, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I'm. You know, I would not be surprised if you know uh, if Big Bang T-shirts has like gone up in sales since season one of The Flash, just because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, I actually, I, I actually, I'm gonna try and do this year. Come on, I'm actually gonna try and buy some Big Bang shirts just because Cisco wore I'm like, you know, nope, I don't care about if they were on the TV show Big Bang Theory. I just care about the fact that he had them. And I, if Cisco wore them, then they're automatically cool to me. It's good enough incentive. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, but let's talk about, also, yeah, I wanted to talk a little about Cisco's family because I remember when we covered that episode, I remember that, um, I think it was me... Lauren and Amy, that uh, we were all pretty shocked about how, you know, how overshadowed Cisco was in his own family because of his um, brother Dante, who, um, you know, who I loved, you know, like, you know, what's not to love? Look at him. Um, I was, you know, not only because it's a CW, but, you know, the Ramon family, they're, you know, they're they're good lookers. So I'm just going to point that out. But, um, Amy, I was I want to touch uh, touch upon this with you. Like, what did you think about the family aspect of Cisco? Of, you know, like, you know, we see him, you know, as this great figure in Team Flash and so on. But yet his family doesn't really see it, see it just as well. I, I was pretty annoyed at his family. I felt like they were just... I, they were just kind of mean. They weren't, I mean, not directly in a, an abusive or anything like that sort of way, but I just wanted to pick them up and shake them. Like, do you, you have Cisco, like quit ta- Dante, who cares? Oh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> like, you- look at this kid you had, this amazing, intelligent kid who does incredible things. Like, don't be, don't be so rude. So I guess you're not a big pia- 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 piano fan, basically. 
<laughs> not no, not in comparison. I'm like, no, does not impress me. <laughs> the piano is, you know, it's 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 fine, but you know, like I think you know, being able to build like super tech is p- much more awesome. So I I get that. Um, Adam, do you feel similar? Not quite as strongly. Look, each of us have <laughs> our own talents, but um, but I do agree. It's it's like Cisco is a smart guy. He's he he's so intelligent. Don't overlook what he's done at Star Labs. Okay, yeah, sure. He works at a facility that you know caused a big explosion and created metahumans. But even so, it's like his parents just shouldn't overlook him for Dante. Which I mean, yeah, it's great that Dante is a is a talented pianist, but. Yeah, I thought his family. I thought Cisco's family was being unfair to him. Yeah, I don't like when you know. I remember when when Cisco and Kaylin came to the party and he had his gift with him and he they were talking about the fact that he was so that he was working in Star Life. He's like, you know, oh, you're still working there. And he's like, no, I but I want to work there. He's like, you know, he almost made it seem like you know, oh, you're 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 forcing yourself to work at this awful place because of this one bad bad incident. And he's like, no. I'm proud of where I'm working at. I'm like, I, I think that was. I hate siblings that are, that are like that are judgy, judgy like that. They're like, oh, you're still there. You're still working at that place. It's like, yeah, you know, needs that exactly. Like, it's nobody needs that. So it was, you know, even though, like, to me, I as a huge fan as I am from Cisco from the comic, and I like that family dynamic. You know, in the show, even though I, you know, I've you know I have friends like that that had, that is. Uh, overshadowed because of their older siblings or you know like you know it's usually always the most talented kid that is sometimes a little bit put down to the side and so on because it felt and maybe because i you know we don't know much about dante in the you know in the show show itself all we knew was that there was that one episode when harrison and 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 cisco just for some reason just watching you know old you know old silent movies on uh, that was by the way cute like just them watching you know old films together he was like yeah i'm just making up excuses just just not to hang out with my family and it was <laughs> you know like when you're like it feels like you know there's always a prize when it comes when if, if you have all these gifts and if you're if you're, if you're all if you have all these talent there's always a prize to it like you know yeah you know you can you can be great and talented but we're the universe is just going to make sure that your family doesn't approve you of it pretty much that's no pun, uh, pun fully intended but that's kind of the vibe we got from them. Oh, Adam. I had I had to do it. <laughs> okay, everyone gets one. Everyone gets everyone gets one. So, um, but um, but I do hope that when we go in season two, hopefully you know they will bring. I know the actor Nicholas Gonzalez who played Dante. He's actually going to be on another. He's actually going to be playing a main character on a new DC show, Lucifer on Fox, where the devil decides to just ditch hell and just work with LAPD, which you know. Let's see how that plays out. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it with any judgmental thoughts at all. Just that it sounds weird. But uh, but hopefully we were able to see his brother come back and you know kind of explore the family dynamic because, like I said in the comic, Cisco is you know f- thinks a lot about his family and it's um you know and like because I don't want to spoil Amy if in case he, she will read and so but it is like it's it's a little bit heartbreaking what 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 you learn about the third brother. It is. It's complicated, but it will, you know, just have tissues ready when you, if you read it. Um, but okay. uh, so I just I just hope we get to see more of his family in the in the second season, and you know, kind of like. But I do like that they had kind of not a complete resolution when they got kidnapped by Captain Cold and Heatwave and uh, Golden Glider with Gold Gun. Um, 
yet they stopped, they wanted to steal more money, even though they could make gold. Uh, it, it's just, it's just still funny how like, you know, Cisco creates this awesome weapon where basically that basically makes you not having to steal it anymore at all. But yet they're like, no, let's steal more, even though we have basically a ma- money making machine. Um, but no, but I think they kind of like during the kidnapping scene, they had, they had their moment of like you know. Ad, you know, admitting their flaws to each other, like how they felt about each other. So, I don't know. I, I like brothers together on uh, on TV or films. So hopefully, they we will see the Ramon Bros together in the second season. But um, but let's just you know, as we're wrapping up this um, this character review, any closing thoughts about Cisco? Any hopes and predictions for season two that we want to see? And uh, just overall thoughts. Um, Amy, let's start with you. I've had various notes of the same thought before, but I just really want to say that I love Cisco's positivity. I love that whenever he has a problem as part of the team, as part of anything, he just fixes it. He rarely goes through like, ah, we can't, he's never grumpy. Or, you know, if he is, it's fleeting and it's deserved or it's directed at Dr. Wells or something. And that is so rare in a television show, I feel like. And I, just admire him for it and it brings so much to the series and so much to the team and I hope I hope we see him interact more with the bad guys I think he's funny when he's stand you know standing off against well or, or being bullied by that's not the funniest thing but I do like seeing him with like Captain Cold or Golden Glider those kind of things and I hope we see him make more cool gadgets he's like i guess uh what's the character in james bond that makes all the gadgets q Q, is that right i get my my letters mixed up he's like the q of the flash and i hope we continue to see more of that and see what he develops for himself when when we get to that point um adam uh kind of along the same lines as amy i want (laughs) It may be kind of a cop-out, but I just want to see more of what made Cisco special this season. I want to see that positivity. I want to see him continue to be the gadget guy, you know, creating the devices that help save the day. Uh, I do want to see them explore more of his powers, but I don't necessarily, at least for season two, I don't want to see them make him vibe right away. I mean, if anything, either save it until the season two finale or season three. For now, just kind of slowly move him into his future role as a superhero have him show him discovering that he can do more than just remember alternate timelines he can create these uh seismic waves or somehow disrupt barry's powers you know whatever but uh yeah so mostly more of the same but also a little bit more discovery i i agree with that too i what you guys just said and um and i what i also would like to see more of is because you know as we last remember in the season finale of the Flash, you know, the Barry was, you know, busy closing this, you know, this little big hole in the sky that is pos- definitely gonna, you know, shake things up in Central City when we come back, and uh, and I kind of want to see that emotional, how should I put it, the, the emotional struggle because you know that you know because that will that would shake up anyone I think, and um, and I feel you know I definitely want to see him kind of like because. And that kind of get, brings me back a little bit to what I was saying about um, about Fitz. That's in, in season two of uh, of Shield, where you know he kind of because he was kind of like the you know that goofy comedic you know comic relief character and so on. He kind of had went a little more serious because of his injury, whatever. So, but I hope I want to see that emotional journey of not only finding out 
that he, you have powers. You also lost a friend in Eddie Fawn. And, you know, your mentor was this traitor. And you had a giant hole in the sky, basically. You know, that, and who knows what that hole is going to do. Maybe it's going to be some rewrites of the timeline or whatever. You know, you know, with the Flash, literally everything is possible. So I kind of want to see that mostly. But, uh, yeah, I just want to see more of that, you know, that, that, light, that light in the darkness that he has. That he's always, you know, when, 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 tough, when tough bleep happens, then, you know, yeah. he's, he's there to remind you that. There's always there's always light at the end of the tunnel, basically. So, um, so yeah, but uh, but I think that's gonna wrap up our discussion, our first kid review of season one point five of of the Flash. Um, just want to thank Amy Rackle so much for coming on and talking about all things Cisco Ramon, and uh, you're definitely welcome to come back anytime. Who knows? Hopefully, we might have you back this this uh, this summer again. And uh, but uh, but tell the people. On the interwebs uh, that are listening, where they can find you and your work, and you know, um, if, if what you're planning to do at Comic Con that is coming up in the in the next few weeks. You know, uh, wow, Comic Con is in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> anyway, in case you, you missed can, it, <laughs> yeah, like well, soon. You can. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. You can find me there at Amy underscore Geek. That's always a great place to get in touch with me. I also write for IGN. I'm getting ready to start. We're kind of filling in some gaps with our Supernatural review. So I'm going back to season three to review some Supernatural, which I think will be fun. And I write for StarWars.com. And at Comic-Con, you know, I'm still figuring out my schedule, but I know for sure that on Thursday of Comic-Con, I'll be doing some live streaming on Periscope with Fandango. So if you're not at the convention, then you can follow me around. As We'll just probably just walk around the exhibit hall and take questions and, and see what happens. Awesome, awesome. Uh, is there anything you're also looking forward to from seeing from Comic Con? You know, aside from, you know, like you know, I know that little thing called Star Wars is coming to Comic Con. But is there like <laughs> anything you're looking forward to in particular? Maybe from you know finding about Flash season two or you know these TV in general or um, just Comic Con. I'm super excited to see what we learned about season two of Agent Carter. Yeah, that would, oh, I'm looking forward to that too. Hopefully, them they will give us more details this time around um, um you know i was in the press junket last year i know you were there too and it was it was it was hard to get details from that, those producers yeah. so uh fingers crossed that this year we will get some more specific things from them so um uh and adam uh, where can people find you on the internet uh with your stuff that you're doing uh right i write for cinemablend.com where i cover a lot of uh movie and TV news, a lot of comic book stuff, some sci-fi, some just regular film and TV news. Uh, if you want to find my articles directly, the best place to do that is to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Adam Holmes. Uh, I enjoy chatting about a lot of geek topics, so if you want to strike up a conversation with me, I'd be more than happy to delve in. And and where can people find, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, like, where can they find this podcast at? Right, well, of course... If you, want to, if you want to head straight to the source, you can visit our website at theflashpodcast.com. At Twitter, we are at The Flash Podcast. And for Facebook, it's facebook.com slash The Flash Podcast. There's also the Flash Fan Circle on Google Plus, run by our friend Hank from TV Fanatic. Uh, of course, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And iTunes, be sure to leave and for iTunes, be sure to leave a review. We love hearing your feedback, especially if it's positive. <laughs> yeah, and lots um, of stars. 
Make sure to listen to our friend Mike Schmidt's Flash Opera at soundcloud.com slash flash opera. Uh, also make sure to check out our friends the Mix Radio Network and zaptoit.com. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us about anything, be it questions, comments, or just stuff related to The Flash, you can email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to find my stuff on the internet, you can head over to tvremind.com where I do a lot of TV work and so on. And you can, um, as a reminder, you can check out my recent big articles that I wrote. That we, not only did I arrange a couple of roundtable discussions with um, our fellow TV Remind writers, but I also wrote two pieces on, um, one, why Katie Cassidy was the MVP of season three of Arrow, um, because she was, and also why Grant Gustin is the MVP of this 2014-2015 TV season. And once again, thank you everyone who has supported me on those articles that has shared and retweeted and commented and uh, and and all that so thank you for that you can find me on my personal twitter account at anybacked and uh yeah for all things dc dc tv head over to uh, head over to dc where you can find great shows such as quiver the greener podcast the flash podcast supergirl radio legends of gotham and our recently new launched legends of tomorrow podcast and and um some of us will from dc podcast will be going to comic con so stay tuned for updates about what we'll be up to at at Comic Con, so, um, but but yeah, that's gonna wrap up our episode for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, some more flash, flashy stuff. So uh, for our team members, Scott, Lauren, Amy, Mike, Mike Halpin, Dave, and Steph and Chris, I'm Andy B. I'm Adam Holmes, and we will see you next week on the Flash Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.